Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 2nd of June. I'm joined today by Ollie Jones, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. I'm really good, thank you, Peter. How are you? Um, getting warmer in this very small room as it's beautiful weather outside. <laughs> it's really but I've, nice. I've actually closed the window, though, um, for the duration of this call because... I don't want to uh, necessarily uh, everyone to hear me ranting <laughs> uh, for for the next uh, twenty minutes. So, uh, so anyway, um, what did you find uh, most interesting in today's edition of Watson's Daily? Um, yeah, so the story I wanted to talk about today was a story about BP's one hundred and fifty-five million pound investment into the U.S. solar farms. Yep. Um, the sort of the, the point to take away from this for me was that it seems like one of those sort of PR numbers, as much as this is a really good move and every move into clean energy is obviously positive at the moment, mm. it, it's uh, it's a value that's not actually that significant. You know, this 50 gigawatt plan um, that they have to produce 50 gigawatts of renewable energy by 2030 mm-hmm. is, is seems like a really, really big number to sort of an average person. Um, yeah. But for when you actually run the numbers of this, it, it's really insignificant. I mean, for yeah. example, you take the UK as sort of a scaler and then you look at how many electric vehicles we should have on the road, assuming that everyone buys electric vehicles for the next 10 yeah. years. You can actually, with that 50 gigawatts, only power roughly less than a quarter of those um, <laughs> at, at all times, <laughs> Yeah, which is crazy. That is, that is pretty bad. And also, as another uh, way of giving you an idea of scale, um, as soon as I heard the word gigawatts, I thought of Back to the Future, and naturally, uh, how many uh, how many flux capacitors um, in, <laughs> in in the in those cars would be charged? And it would be about forty, wasn't it? Thirty five, forty <laughs> um, to power us back into the future. But anyway, let's let's move away from that and back into the seriousness of of this. I mean, I do think that it's it is. <sighs> You know, it, like you say, it is PR. It's it's good PR, you know, because they are moving towards, um, you know, carbon neutral. And of course, yeah. this feeds into like last week there was that um, that court case with uh, in in the Hague uh, with uh, Royal Dutch Shell, and you've got loads of these, um, you know, Greenpeace uh, people sort of you know, high fiving and 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 everything, which is great because clearly what they've done is is a good thing, right? But actually in the scheme of things we are still miles away um from doing anything meaningful here but i think at least things seem to be going in the right direction yeah i mean things are definitely moving in the right direction that's sort of you know it's undoubted but it's the problem is it's the scale so Mm. you know when you take that number of a quarter of electric vehicles can be powered by this plan that's meant to be in place by 2030 that's Mm. not taking into account the fact that batteries you know, hope will hopefully get bigger over time. Yeah. Um, more people will be driving EVs, firstly. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but also there's every single other industry that requires electricity. There's houses, you know, everything. EVs only make up a very small portion of the world's, you know, electricity yeah. usage. So, you know, when you put it into that scale, it's just, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's poor. I mean, this is a very hard thing to do as well for BP. Let's not forget that, like, mm. this investment into renewable energy isn't, easy you, know, you can't no. just magic out solar farms and yeah, yeah. it takes a lot of work and there's only certain climates that it actually works for so mm. 
and also the space as well that's another thing yeah. to remember the amount of space this stuff actually takes it's land yeah. usage that then becomes purely for this yeah um one point i did make was there's actually um you know when you look at renewable energies one of the best and most promising types is hydroelectric power mm-hmm. um but even even that comes with its own problems you know if you you're storing a big body of water in a dam for example there's one that's been built in the last 10 years i believe in ethiopia yeah um it restricts water flow down the stream and you know there's always these negative sides um mm. it's definitely the right move it just seems as though it needs to ramp up in terms of scale pretty soon mm. no fair enough fair enough so yeah i mean you know right i suppose the conclusion is right direction but you know moving at a snail's pace <laughs> yeah completely um, <laughs> what was your story today peter what oh, did you right, think yes. was interesting yeah, so um, today I thought I'd, I'd mention advertising because I'm not sure whether you know, everyone is, is fully aware of this, but I will say is that um, advertising is often seen as a leading economic indicator in that um, it is seen as reflecting future potential developments. So um, when so practically speaking, what that means is is that if everyone thinks that there's going to be a recession or something coming on, one of the first um, uh, spends of a company that uh, that falls away um, is advertising because they kind of the thinking is um, it becomes extraneous because you're uh, you're paying for advertising uh, to a smaller market and uh, you know in that customers are less willing to spend so what's the point yeah um and i think that generally you know so if you look at that so this is what happened so last year obviously advertising budgets took a massive dive although i would say that there's probably more well there was a lot more of a dive in let's say traditional billboards advertising things on buses and you know other and obviously cinema advertising and things like that as 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 people just didn't go on public transport didn't go past <laughs> roundabouts with massive billboards you know that sort of thing um uh, but they spent more on say facebook google because obviously we saw that you know in their in all of their results over lockdown um advertising revenues have continued to climb which is yeah. actually one of the reasons why they are being investigated um at the moment for uh, antitrust uh antitrust behavior and there's obviously there's all that uh latest controversy um between uh, because, because of apple's uh, new operating system which means that you can uh, users uh, you know opt can opt out of um actually no that's wrong they have to opt in to advertising whereas before they had to opt out is, yes, is the yeah. case in it so um so yeah so anyway i think that was interesting but what what, what do you think of that well, I, I mean, my first thought with this was that, you know, you think everyone's in lockdown. Obviously, that traditional method of advertising is going to disappear. That makes total sense in terms of billboards and paper and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but my first thought was actually that, you know, these TV advertising campaigns, mm-hmm. people are at home more, they're watching more TV because they are. And and that kind of, I would have thought that would have increased. Um, mm. But a really interesting point you made actually was that these aren't specifically targeted as much. You know, you have these mm. certain programs where, advertising can be targeted because it's a certain type of program Mm. but there are also a lot of times when you know after homes under the hammer for example or something like that where Mm. an advertising campaign might come up for a bmw Mm. um, 
in an environment where someone isn't going to necessarily be driving that much and it, it's kind of becomes irrelevant yeah yeah um and therefore it kind of makes sense that this tv advertising did take a dip and now is mm. starting to come back yeah um but yeah, yeah i thought my first thought wasn't necessarily the right way to think about it yeah no not necessarily i mean you know it but it, it seems to me that that um it's happened increasingly over the last few years is 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 these uh companies sponsoring specific programs you know, like uh, I'm a Celebrity and Love Island and stuff like that. I mean, I have never seen this in my life, but I do wonder whether the Naked Attraction is sponsored by Tinder. Uh, I mean, I, if, they, if they're not, that's that's got to be that's got to be a brilliant marketing opportunity. Um, but um, but anyway, I do think that. Uh, and by the way, I really haven't seen that thing. The only reason why I talk about it is because when I used to go uh, go into the office. Um, that was the first thing that everyone used to talk about. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, so I think, yeah, going back to it, um, I, I do think that uh, you know, advertising is leading indica- economic indicator both on the upside and on the downside. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because um, obviously now, we're so, so last year we saw the cutting of budgets, um, but that now it seems that we are seeing the uptick and um and they you know it's it's looking pretty good and i just wonder also whether actually is traditional advertising going to stage a bit or are companies that do a more of a um a, a traditional advertising are they going to see more of a bounce back in the sense that um all these uh, you know the facebooks and googles etc may be subject to more um uh, regulation perhaps but i don't yeah. know yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, the other thing is, it, it might sound really basic, but when people are traveling more on public transport and that kind of thing, this is when sort of that billboard advertising becomes really important. Mm. And I wonder whether, you know, whether we see this sort of huge upturn in public transport and that kind of thing, now things are reopening, mm-hmm. um, whether that has a direct impact on the ways in which companies advertise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so anyway, yeah, I think that uh, you know, it's definitely worth keeping track uh, of what's going on in advertising at the moment. I think the fact that you've got, so not only is MNC Saatchi doing quite well, but um, we've got the ITV is going to be going into the FTSE 100 again. So the FTSE 100 does a rebalancing um, every, you know, every, every, I forgot how many, every quarter, every half year. Um, and what they, and, um, and it is going, it, was demoted into you know uh, yes yeah, sort of outside the FTSE 100 last year but it's coming back in and one of the reasons is because um you know of a recovery and spending and stuff like that so so i think that that's yet another sign of of um, economic confidence and ultimately another sign i think of um you know i was going to avoid the the topic today because i go on about it so much but you know <laughs> potentially uh, even more piling on the pressure um, for central banks to really think about whether they should be increasing interest rates because, to avoid rampant inflation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just, you know, it seems as though that's got to happen now, hasn't it? With with Germany, with this huge inflation rate, which is, you mm. know, forecast to be far beyond that 2% and the rest of Europe, you know, fairly close behind. Mm. Um, it seems like if the ECB can't stick to their guns for, for too much longer, you know, mm. they're going to have to do something. Otherwise, 
as you said in previous podcasts, you mm. know, the economies are just going to overheat and that's mm. not good for anyone. No. I mean, actually, having said that, I think if anyone can stick to something like that, is it is the ECB because um, they've got form um, in the past yeah. because, um, you know, in the uh, financial, in the wake of the financial crisis, um, everyone cut their uh, yeah, interest rates down to the bone. Not you, general, I don't think they cut them quite as much to the bone um, as as they did with with coronavirus. But the um, you know the interest rate in the, for Europe has been zero for for quite some time now, um, and so actually they do have form in um, in sticking with something that really they should potentially have done something about before. So um, so I don't know. I think. If if any, if anything, it will be the US and UK that will potentially lead the way if there is a if there is um, an increase in interest rates, um, and I think that the ECB will the ECB will lag because they generally tend to hang on uh, longer um, uh, than, than than others. It seems to me anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so there we go. Um, I guess let's let's uh, let's leave it there. But um, thank you so much again for your for your time, Ollie. Um, very no uh, at all. interesting uh, chats. And uh, as always, thank you very much for listeners to supporting us and listening to this. Um, and um, just to mention again um, that I will be doing a clubhouse uh, on uh, clubhouse room this Friday at noon. So fourth of June at noon. Um, in the uh, clubhouse uh, clubhouse room with 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 myself and my uh, mate and ex colleague Ralph Hebgen. Um, he's got the brain the size of a planet, um, <laughs> and is uh, you know it, we'll we'll be having a chat about some of the um, major developments this week. So uh, so hopefully see you there. Uh, anyway. Thank you very much. And we, we, we will both, Ollie and I, will be back tomorrow uh, for more exciting chat uh, uh, on, uh, on uh, commercial awareness and exciting developments in financial markets and business news. Many yeah. thanks. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.